Hello, my friends, and welcome back to Five Easy Things, the podcast, where we explore bite-sized success hacks and strategies for living your best life. I believe there are three pillars that make up the foundation for living your best life, the intellectual, emotional, and the physical. Glad to have you on this journey as we explore ways to live our best lives. I'm Yolanda Albergati, your host, and I'm in the beautiful Golden Ox Studios here in Cleveland, Ohio. Thanks to Chuck's Fine Wines for supporting today's podcast. For all of your shopping needs, visit Chuck's Fine Wines, 23 Bell Street, Chagrin Falls, Ohio, where you'll find a wide variety of wines from every wine-growing region in the world, an amazing selection of craft beer, also a lovely, delectable selection of specialty foods and cheese. Visit Chuck's Fine Wines at chucksfinewines.com. Or locally, you can call 440-247-7534. Cheers. Hey, everybody. Before we get into today's episode, I just want to say thank you so much to everybody who's been listening to the podcast and showing us mad love and giving us ratings and subscribing and reviewing. I really appreciate your support. And if you haven't already... Hit that subscribe button and leave us a review and let us know how we're doing. I'm here in studio with my friend Chris Ebison from Dreamhouse Inspection. And I've asked him to come into the studio and talk about something that is a very serious issue here in Cleveland, and that is lead. So, Chris, welcome. Thank you for having me. And before you get started with your five tips, would you please tell everybody how they can get a hold of you? Okay. Well, you can get a hold of me. Uh, my phone number uh, is 216-496-6931. Uh, you can email me at C. Ebison, my last name, so C-E-B-B-E-S-O-N at msn.com, or you can visit my website at www.dreamhouseinspectionsllc.com. Awesome. All right. So give me your five. What are you going to talk about? Five. Five things to do to prepare and comply with Cleveland's lead safe rental law. Okay. So um, just a little background on this. Cleveland has one of the highest rates of child lead poisoning in the United States. Uh, Approximately 1,200 children were poisoned by lead-based paint last year in Cleveland alone. Wait a minute. Okay, back up. (laughs) Repeat what you first said again, because I did not know this. Uh, Cleveland has one of the highest rates of child lead poisoning in the United States. Wow. Okay. And, uh, you know, lead poisoning can cause uh, a lot of problems. It can cause irreversible brain damage, developmental issues in young children. And those things aren't just when they're young. If they get it when they're young, it can haunt them for the rest of their lives. Um, Children under the age of six are the most susceptible because uh, their bodies absorb about 50% of the lead that that they enter into their bodies. Uh, Compare that with 15% for adults. Um, And this is at a time when uh, their brains are under development. They're developing very rapidly. And also at the time when you're talking about the toddler age where kids are crawling around, they're, they're, they're crawling around on the floor, they're crawling around the soil, they're putting their hands in their mouths, their toys in their mouths. So if there's lead dust on any of that, uh, that can be introduced into their bodies. And um, last summer, in response to this crisis, Cleveland City Council passed a new uh, lead-safe rental law, uh, which is set to 
start rolling out in 2021. And uh, so before we get into the five things, uh, let me just give a brief outline of that law so everybody understands uh, what the city is going to require here. So the biggest part of it is a mandate that all landlords and property owners uh, secure lead safe certificates for their rental properties uh, by March 1st of 2023. So they'll start rolling it out in 2021. They're going to roll it out by zip code. Uh, They're going to hit those zip codes that have the highest rates of lead poisoning. So if you're on the east side, that's Glenville, Buckeye Shaker on the west side, probably Clark Fulton area. Uh, and there will be uh, there will be some incentives to those landlords that uh, that comply early. Um, there will be criminal penalties for non-compliance. Uh, the reason they chose criminal penalties for this is uh, that it allows them to put liens on homes. Uh, that the uh, landlord does not comply. Uh, there's a currently a rental registration fee of 35 that's going to go up to $70 a year uh, per rental unit. There's a requirement that property sellers provide buyers with certificates of disclosure, which is already the law. Uh, required uh, Requirement for landlords to state in rental advertisements whether the home has been certified as lead safe. Uh, provisions to prevent landlords from displacing tenants and uh, will require a recertification of lead safe status uh, every two years. So that's going to have a big impact on uh, Cleveland landlords. So the five things I want to talk about today is how landlords can uh, compare and comply with Cleveland's lead safe rental law. So step one, um, we've got some time before this rolls out. So I would say step one is to educate yourself. Um, First of all, follow the local news. This this is a law that's still being rolled out. It's still being implemented. There's a lot of details that we don't know, and I think it's important for uh, for Cleveland landlords to to pay attention to what's what's coming up. First thing I would want to know as a landlord is what are the what are the incentives to comply early, um, and then also there's been there's been a lot of talk about funding, um, and we don't know yet what that's going to look like. Um, but there should be some amount of funding available to landlords for testing, remediation, et cetera. Uh, how is that need going to be determined uh, as far as uh, who gets it, who qualifies? So good reasons to stay up on current events. The other part of the education part is learn everything you can about lead safe practices. Um, there is, uh, if you go to the Housing uh, and Urban Developments website, uh, there is the a document called the HUD Guidelines for the Evaluation and Control of lead-based paint and housing, and this will tell you everything you need to know uh, to keep, make your home lead safe. Um, so one is educate yourself. Mm-hmm. Step two, uh, find out where the lead hazards are in your house. And there's two ways you can go about this. Um, you can hire a licensed lead, uh, lead risk assessor, such as myself, to come in and do a visual assessment of the house, take some uh, laboratory samples, and determine where the hazards are. Or you can do it yourself. So the law was set up so that the only requirement for that certification is going to be what's called a clearance exam, which we'll talk about because that's the last step you're going to do. The law is allowing landlords to discover where the lead is themselves. Um, That may seem like an advantage not to have to pay for a lead risk assessor. Um, However, having a professional come in who knows how to identify these hazards, the report also details all the legal options for how to address those hazards. That could be very beneficial. And if you're a landlord with a lot of properties, you don't necessarily maybe want to hire a lead risk assessor for every single one. At least hire somebody the first couple of times. Follow that person around. Really learn what it is that they're looking at so maybe you can start to learn how to identify those hazards yourself. Um, Step three, this is, of course, the biggest step, is controlling the hazards. So um, first thing, I want to dispel a myth about controlling lead-based paint hazards, and the myth is that all you have to do is repaint. 
Um, I hear that a lot. Um, so you can't control lead from friction and impact surfaces by repainting. By what I mean by that is if you think of the old wooden windows, painted old wood windows, when the sash and the window jam rub up against each other, that's generating lead-based paint, dust. Um, porch floors is another one. People walk on that. That disturbs the paint. That dust gets on their shoes. They track it into the house where children may be crawling around. So, And even on those things where it is repainting, it's not simply repainting. Uh, there is a process that's outlined in Chapter 11 of the HUD guidelines called paint film stabilization. You have to make the surface smooth and cleanable. You have to put on a primer. You have to put on a top coat. It's a little bit more than just slapping on a coat of paint and you're done with it. Um, so with that in mind, as you're deciding what to do, there's, there's two big options here. There's interim controls or abatement. Interim controls are temporary measures. They're inexpensive to do, but you're not getting rid of the lead. So there's going to be some long-term maintenance involved with that. Uh, abatement is getting rid of or controlling for up to 20 years that lead. And so there may be a higher initial cost, um, but uh, down the line, it's pretty much done. You, you, you've, you've spent all that money up front. Um, since the law only requires lead safe, you are allowed to do just interim controls. However, you might find that it might be more beneficial to do a combination of interim controls and abatement. So repainting your walls, paint film stabilization, um, but then maybe replacing old windows or even putting up final siding around the old exterior wood siding of your house. Um, that's, that's considered a form of abatement. One other thing, uh, with controlling the hazards that a lot of DIYers miss is don't forget the soil. As somebody that's out in the field taking sampling, uh, soil samples seem to come back with a lot of the highest rates of uh, lead concentrations uh, when I've taken those samples. And common areas for contamination, if you think you've got a home built in 1900, maybe it was sided over with vinyl siding 20 years ago. But for those previous 100 years, it still had painted siding, paint that's deteriorated. Perhaps it's been scraped over the years. That's going to be in the soil around the drip line. Lead does not go away. It doesn't wash away. Gotcha. So that's an area that needs to be addressed. Uh, soil underneath porches. Kids like to hide things and store their stuff or climb in and hide in places and things like that. So uh, those are areas also to keep in mind. Um, and then the last and most important step of all this, of course, is after any work you do, you have to have it properly cleaned. And that is also outlined in the HUD guidelines, a proper cleaning cycle called a HUD cycle clean, which is using a specialized vacuum and a cleaning method to remove all of the lead dust. So once you do the work, step four is to get a clearance examination from a licensed lead risk assessor. And that's the part that the law requires. Uh, you have to get that certification, send it to the city that shows that that home is lead safe. Um, now, keep in mind, if you fail that test, you have to keep taking it over and over and over again, wow. which again goes back to deciding whether or not you want to hire a professional to determine where those the lead hazards are to begin yeah, with. Yeah, that's what you want to do. I'm telling you <laughs> exactly, right now, y'all. That's exactly. what you want to do. If you're a landlord listening, that's what you want to do. <laughs> yes, you have, because you know you even miss one thing, one area, you fail. You got to take it again, and the, the the clearance exam costs almost as much as I was just going to ask you how assessment. much. Okay, yeah. Mm -hmm. So don't be goofing around with. Stuff. Yeah, mm -hmm. exactly. Um, so step five, final step, uh, you finally made your home lead safe. You've, uh, you know, gotten your lead safe certification from the city. As I mentioned, part of the law is that you have to get it recertified every two years. Uh, that's actually in line with federal guidelines. And uh, in order to keep up with that, it's recommended that homeowners themselves do a visual assessment every year. 
and then every two years have a licensed lead risk assessor um, do another test so that they can get that recertification. So you follow those five things, and you should be in compliance with the law. Thank you so much. That was a lot of information. Tell us again how we can get in touch with you, Chris. If you want to just give your um, phone number and your website, that's fine. Certainly. Phone number, uh, again, is 216-496-6931. And then uh, you can also shoot me an email, c-e-b-b-e-s-o-n at msn.com. So let me tell you, if you're a realtor or you're a landlord and you're listening to this podcast episode, listen to it again (laughs) and then call Chris, I'm telling you, and save yourself a lot of headache and a lot of time. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.